0: Welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Jessica and her guests are here to help you navigate the world around you as a small business owner and provide valuable insights to hone your business superpowers. Now, here's your host, Jessica Jones.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. I'm your host, Jessica Jones, and today we have Charlie Langford from Charlie's Waxworks with us again, and we're going to continue our conversation about perspective when it comes to your business. So throw on your capes and let's get powered up.
2: Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> Sorry.
1: All right. So, Charlie, today we are going to pick up where we left off last month when we were talking about perspective when it comes to your business. Um, can we just get a quick refresher on who you are, when you started your business, and uh, what you got going on?
2: Yeah, I'm Charlie. I founded Charlie's Works, a fragrance company where we sell incense, candles, room sprays, um, car, car air fresheners, and body rollers for fragrances for the body and everything. We've Cultivated over 40 different fragrances now, and we're working on plenty more to be released as time goes. Um, yeah, we started about a year and a half ago, maybe a little more than that, uh, with the birthday candle for for Jessica here, um, and just kept going from there. So it's going pretty well so far. I'm looking forward to more.
1: So on that note, um, the first perspective change we're going to talk about today is um, changing your focus of your business and that that is totally okay. When you started out, you had a very specific focus. After that birthday candle you made for me, you were just going to make candles for whom?
2: Well, mostly for guys. Uh, I was trying to make musky, spicy uh, candles and just that. I didn't want to do anything else, uh, but that just didn't seem to work. All the ideas that I had that I kept coming up with were not musky and spicy things. They were all over the spectrum. So I decided to shift the focus and just start appealing to everyone. It took a little bit, but, you know, it it just worked out that way.
1: And even after that, uh, you changed your focus yet again after a couple of months. Uh, I I don't even know how long at this point, but um, you were just a candle company at first. But uh, as you mentioned before, we've got like six, seven almost Eight different products we're working on right now.
2: That's right. Um,
1: so it's not just a candle company; it's a fragrance company,
2: and that's still something we have a little bit of trouble communicating. Yeah, I'm used to just being a candle company. It's Charlie's Wax Works. It's started with candles, and it it's always been. But you know, now we're spreading into the other things, and it's becoming more of an apothecary than just the wax works or candle business.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, don't be afraid. On that note, don't be afraid to change your. Focus in your business. Um, You don't have to stick with what your original ideas were. Sometimes we have an idea and we build on it. Sometimes we have an idea and it doesn't work out and we just totally change and go a different direction. And I want you to know that that is okay. Now, to a certain extent, you can keep your same business as long as you're kind of in the same frameworks. But if you decide you know, you're know, you gonna go from producing widgets to cutting grass, you may wanna create a new LLC or at least file some uh, amendments with your paperwork. But um, definitely remember, uh, your perspective doesn't have to just be your thought process. It can be your actual focus on your business. And it's totally okay to um, make adjustments to that as you see
2: fit. It's actually a really good thing, I think. Um to be that flexible and to constantly be ready to evolve. Um, You're not necessarily going to see that the demand for what it is you offer is just where you started, you know, like with me uh, from, in my business, for example, um, we started with candles and we had people asking about other kinds of things. What else can we offer? Um, We saw, People demanding other things. We saw other people offering other things, and we had we we had to figure out a way to implement that so that we could meet those demands as well. Um, And it was it it took a little bit of change. It took a little bit of a adjustment for us and our mindsets to to think that okay, can we really make this other product work as effectively? How do we launch it? How do we get it out there? How do we produce it? You know what? amounts of like very very specifically what amounts of fragrance do i need to make wax melts what amounts of containers do i need how many containers of wax melts can i make with one little bitty batch of wax and compared to my candles and how much is that going to make the candles harder to to make you know it just all these things but it's a good thing to constantly be thinking about this stuff it's a good thing to constantly question whether you're just going and in the one direction, or if you should be branching out and spreading out, you, sh- you should always look for those opportunities. And if it makes sense, you know, cost benefit analysis makes sense. And it doesn't cost you that much. It's something you can take and stride, then go for it. That's growth waiting to happen. That's the opportunity that is waiting to be seized at all times. And it's right there. All you've got to do is open your eyes to it and know you can do it. Change your mindset and know you can do it. And you will
1: you're sitting here talking about that and i keep thinking about all the the trial and error when we were creating the wax melts and how many we we started with so we're like okay we're just gonna use the same amount of wax that we use to make candles and see how many wax melts that is <laughs> and it was like 15 at a time yes it, it was made, a it was
2: a lot it made 15 different wax melts at one time and i didn't also didn't realize that i was pouring them too hot So it would melt the wax melt trays and make them look kind of ugly. We We were the hot
1: mess express in the beginning. Yes, we
2: were. (laughs) And it took us a second to kind of realize, you know, maybe we should adjust our approach to things. You know, we had to realize that, you know, though we are going at this professionally, um, we're still kind of novices. We're still learning the trades. We're still learning what we're doing here. And no matter how good you are at what you're doing, no matter where you are in what you're doing no matter what point along the path from you know the guru to the the brand new i just started this i don't know what i'm doing like me trying to do bookkeeping uh whether you're in the beginning or at the very end of this professional journey you know you've got room to grow even the expert even the number one in the world has room to grow and evolve in their field
1: or they won't be number one for long.
2: They will not be number one for long. You will not continue to grow how you've been trying to grow. It's going to be bad. <laughs> but you you should always be ready to evolve. Um there's room to at all times. And the fear of that is the biggest hindrance.
1: That's a really great point. Um, so now we're we've, you know, got our bearings under us. We've been working in testing products and we're constantly testing and developing new ideas. Um, oh my gosh, let's talk about a failure that we had for a second. Do you remember um, the batch of wicks that we got that were like so paper thin? Yes. that we we had to start um, we had to start sourcing a lot better for our products because we th- we're, we got this one batch of wicks that was like as thin as a piece of paper, and the candles would light the first time and they would burn excellent. And then after the first round, um, we how people coming back to us, um, that the candle wouldn't relight. And that was, that was really hard. And we could have taken that as a failure. We could have taken that as a, like, we can't do this. We failed everybody and like packed it in, but you were, you were very, very, um, quick, with you know resolving things with clients you replaced candles we did a couple of surgeries on some candles and put some good wicks in them and we didn't let that deter us was okay this is a problem we found it Um, anybody who's encountered a candle like this let us know we'll fix it for you and we moved on but we didn't um we didn't take that setback that failure as an overall business
2: failure right that's the one thing that's important is looking at your setbacks realistically and saying is it a setback or is it the end? And a lot of the time, the setbacks, they feel like the end, do they not? I mean, they, like, you get into the situation when it came to the Wix, we've had other failures as well, like plenty of other failures that cause us to shift direction, which again is important. You should be ready to do those things, but you have to determine whether they are setbacks or the death rattle. But it's, in our case, it wasn't the death rattle. Uh, it was very simple to be resourceful and look up other, um, wicks that worked um other companies and other businesses can do the same you know not necessarily looking for wicks but looking for things and little parts and pieces that aren't working like they're supposed to or that as well as you'd like them to um especially with feedback from your clients and customers um you can tweak those things they're just they are little minor minor setbacks and your perspective is 100 percent to do with whether it is a setback or not you know or yeah. whether it's the end or not, it, it doesn't have to be yes. it's all a matter of perspective and mindset. Are you going to power through it, find some solutions to it, or are you going to say this, this hill's a little too steep to climb for me and, and bow out for a little while, which you can do as well, but most of us here want to fight and keep going. So let's, let's figure out ways to keep going through the mindset. Right.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And you always take um, these setbacks so much better than me. I always take every single setback so personally, and you seem to just roll with all of the punches and I envy you for that for sure.
2: It's see, it's, it's not business. It's personal or it's not personal. It's business. You know, there's that. And I have to remind myself, there is a boundary. There is a boundary, you know, if, uh say for instance our businesses were working together and suddenly it just didn't work out that for, for whatever reason we needed to go separate ways we needed something else it wouldn't be a screw you situation it wouldn't be like a, i don't care about what you bring to the table i don't care about you as a person It's it's nothing like that my business needs different things to survive than i personally need to survive as far as my relationship with other people goes so it's it's not there. There is a boundary. There is there's completely different things, and you have to remember that. And as difficult as it is, sometimes you got to you got to remember that it's not personal. And if it is personal, I mean, you have a choice to be personal in response, or to maintain the higher ground and be business and professional in the face of somebody being personal too. But. That's again. That's a clashing of different mindsets and perspectives that I guess we'll be getting into today.
1: Yes. Well, I I don't want to get too much into uh, clashes today because it's you know we're we're coming up on Thanksgiving and we're talking about things we want to be thankful for and I don't want to talk too much about our our clashes and things like that. But we will talk a little bit about um, that personal versus um, business mindset or you know the the way somebody's brain work. So we, um, we recently encountered something where somebody felt that I was aggressive in the way that I was speaking to them. And we sat down and we hashed out and we had a long conversation And in that conversation. I would say, say, say things. And they're like, well, I feel like that that's aggressive. I'm like, well, that's just direct to me. Yeah. And in the same conversation, they would say something that they feel like is aggressive. And I'm like, mm, that's totally fine. To, like. I have no issue with the words you're saying, or they would say something that they think is aggressive and it's like passive aggressive. Yeah. It's just like, ugh, I, I'm not a passive aggressive person. Right. So it's really, this that's a hard one for me to work with.
2: Very, very many of us grow up learning to be indirect that you can't just challenge an authority directly. That's a no, no. That's like you get in trouble for that. There are, punishments and consequences for doing that with our parents a lot of the time you know you don't question your parents authority you don't question your teacher's authority you don't question the principal you don't question your neighbors you don't question anybody when you're growing up you're just this secondary thing so a lot of people learn the way you get what you want is to go around the front defenses and be passive either bow down or acquiesce in a way that is detrimental to the person who asked you passive aggressive. Hmm. And that's the way that people get around, you know, it's people who are direct who shirk that and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a kid anymore. I'm not going to be, you know, tiptoeing around everybody. Like I have been forever. Now is my chance to stand up and be direct. Those people tend to become the authorities and other people tend to cower and go around them and be passive aggressive and do the thing. But while, while they're also kind of criticizing this other person, this big head honcho person who is direct as being overly direct, just aggressive and, and just angry. And it's not necessarily the case. Like for you, you're just a direct person. You don't have time for the BS. You just <laughs> say what needs to be said. And sometimes you got to watch the tact the way it comes out because diplomacy matters, you know me. But most of the time it's just direct. And if you can remember that and take it with a grain of salt and remember this is business, not personal, you can do that. But I think the person we're talking about was the former who grew up having to go around power structures and just learned that's how you handle things. Um, And is kind of learning to be more direct instead of passive. About things, passive aggressive about things, but not quite there yet. Um, yeah, it's you got a, a great point with that one. I I it is one of those things. It's a difference in perspective, a difference in the way you were raised, a difference in the way you were brought up.
1: Or just the way you work. I mean, I I don't know, maybe my mom could correct us if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've kind of always been direct and just straight up. Like, even when I was a kid, my mom was like, I'm not sure what she's going to do, but she is going to be the boss. She's going to be in charge. I was just always that. I was a manager. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I never, I just never was that. And so it's so hard for me to understand and, and kind of put myself in their shoes, I guess. When we think about, you have to, you know, think from another person's perspective. It's so hard for me to get there to that space Mm -hmm. because it's not natural to me. And I think if we had more open communication between people that I guess the passive aggressive people, it's really hard to get them to be like, "Mm, I didn't like that because they're going to think that's aggressive but that's what we as the direct people need so that we can say no, no, I didn't mean it in that way. Like I'm just being direct and they can learn that not all direct communication is aggressive communication. There is a big difference. And I think that's something most of us need some work on.
0: Right.
2: Uh, It's like, I think it all goes back to something in the military. You know, I'm a military guy. I was in the Navy for 10 years. Um, My parents were in the Navy for their whole professional careers. My brother, a whole family's military. So that's just a thing for me. And I think of things in the military sense that, we get orders and directions all the time that are direct and they don't have room for the way we feel about things. They don't have room for our feelings. So uh, it's easy to be direct and not have that sort of thought about how it feels to hear the thing you're saying or what the other person might be experiencing while you're saying it. It's important to consider that as part of being tactful it's a learning tact. I think that's something while uh, people who are passive aggressive or people who are more submissive will benefit from learning not to take things so personally, but remember. But for people who are direct to remember that sometimes do people do take things personally and you need to soften your stance a little bit and your words need to be curated a little better so that you're making a better point with the person. They're not only hearing how they feel instead they're hearing what you have to say and that's important as well I think both sides of the situation have something to learn and grow from
1: yes that's a great point Um, so far uh, today we've talked about shifting your focus in your business and that is 100% totally okay Um, don't be afraid of it and we've also spoken about um, the difference in the way people's brains work we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our break Um, that everybody's brains work in a different way. And we're going to break down a conversation. You and I like to have a lot at home about um, head movies, head movies. (laughs) Yes. How uh, some people have head movies and some people don't. And if you don't know what that means, uh, stick around and we're going to break it all down for you. So uh, see you
0: in a sec. Jessica Jones accounting services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field, and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launch pad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit JessicaJonesAccounting.com to apply today. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. Welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. Today, I have my
1: fiance, Charlie Langford, here with me, and we're continuing our conversation about perspective. So before the break, we talked a little bit about um, shifting your focus, and we talked about about um, the way people's brains work and, you know, what's passive to you may be passive aggressive um, or aggressive to someone else. And just remembering that everybody receives information in a different way. So just because you receive data in a way, uh, you can't personalize that and think that that's how they um, sent it out because they're in a different headspace than you. Um, they're, They're probably most likely not at all like you. And they operate in a different way. So just keep that in mind when you're dealing with people in business and professional or business and personal uh, relationships is they don't necessarily mean what you think they mean. And you should step back from yourself a little bit. Think about that. Probably open the communication a little bit so you can figure things out and get on a level playing field.
2: It helps, I think, I find to be able not just to step into someone else's shoes, but simply just step outside of your own shoes, even into the perspective of like a third party onlooker. Okay. That way you can take a critical distance. I call it take critical distance from the interaction you're having and look at the way you interacted and the way they interacted and kind of look at the whole system. It's really easy to get stuck in your own perspective and think my way is the standard, uh, Why wouldn't they be answering my question the way I expect them to? But expectations are the parents of disappointment. So like, don't get caught thinking that you're standard. You are the standard, you're not, you're you're just another person dealing with other people who all have their own ways of thinking, who all think that they are the standard and you've got to take a critical distance sometimes, step back from yourself, step back from them and take a look at the whole interaction and see, is there somewhere this could be working better? Is there a way I could be approaching this that's better? Is there a way they could be approaching this that's better? And then if there is a way they could be doing things better, you know, maybe kind of nudge them in that direction through the conversation instead of, you know, you don't have to be like, well, you need to be blah, 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 blah. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> uh, it's going to make them defensive. So you you find a way to kind of Talk to them in a way that explains your expectations, explains what it is that you think should be happening in this conversation. And hopefully they kind of see it the same way. If not, then you can talk about how to bridge that gap. But the only way it happens is if you take a step back and start really looking at a constructive conversation as as it needs to happen instead of how you think it should happen.
1: Excellent point. Excellent point. Not necessarily stepping into somebody else's shoes, but just stepping out of your own. I like that thought of, of seeing something as maybe a third party would see it. If you were fly on the wall in the room, Mm -hmm. um, that's a great, great idea. Mm Uh, so going from there, um, the way people's brains work, everybody's brains work differently. We've just been saying that, um, that doesn't necessarily, you know, they say, um, um, you always have to, you know, people see things differently, you have to consider things from other people, but that isn't just different cultures. It could be your neighbor, it could be your sister, it could be your brother. It it's everybody's brains work differently. We have two kids and their brains work totally differently. Oh
2: man, they are so different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and Reese is very much um her brain operates very much in a way that mine operates. So I relate to her a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And and our older Maddie, she operates just like you. That's your mini. That's me, me. And and I don't necessarily follow her thought process or where she's coming from as easy as you do. Oh, yeah. And so that's something you and I do very well is we'll go talk to each other about the kid that's not as much like us.
2: Yes, tag you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's something that I... I actually was online and I did some, I found a rabbit hole and I stumbled into, and it was that people think differently. People literally, some people have an inner monologue. They'll hear a voice in their head, speaking to them about what it is they should, shouldn't do, uh, what could, couldn't happen. Their thoughts come through in a voice. Some people don't have that. It's
1: crazy to and me that some people don't It blows
2: my mind Yes, because for me, I get it all. Like I hear voices, my voice, actually, the one for radio. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I hear my voice. I can see the pictures. I can smell smells, hear sounds, you know, feel temperature. Like it's just my, I have a very vivid imagination. My brain just lays it all out for me. But not everybody is like that. It turns out like talking to you, we found out that what I can visualize in my head you cannot.
1: Right, so the example that you used very first was an apple, like visualize an apple on the counter. Can you close your eyes and you see the counter and what? tell me what you see, visualize an apple on our counter.
2: I see walking into the kitchen. I see the layout of the kitchen. I see the fact that the lights are off because lights are usually off in the kitchen and the stove lights on. So I, I in my head, that's what I see and a very dimly lit apple sitting on the counter where we keep the dog food. That's exactly where I see the apple in my head?
1: I don't see an apple at all. When you tell me to visualize an apple, there's like a conceptual apple, but there's like, I can't see if it's red or green, or if it's um, got a leaf on it or not. I can't see any of that. I have the concept of an apple. The inside of my head is all data, all numbers. I imagine it kind of like a filing system where everything is just like written down on pieces of paper, but yes. like, I don't actually see a filing system in there. Yes. It's just like a conceptual. You have
2: the Webster's dictionary definition of an apple that pops up.
1: Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And I I don't see anything and you see everything see and it. smell and taste and everything. So it really gets interesting when we were writing and editing the books.
2: Yes. When I'm working on my books, it helps having these visualizations that I call head movies. Because that's how, I, that's how I wrote the book. I sat down and imagined that I was watching a movie and I had to describe every detail of this movie to a person sitting next to me who could not perceive the movie. And the only thing they could perceive was my description. Wow. So I had to write it like that. And so I start writing these things and I'm like, yeah, this is what it's like. And you're like, I don't see it. I can't imagine it. What do you do? What do we do?
1: So it's really funny when, um, when you're describing a scene and I have trouble putting it together. If it doesn't make sense when, I, when my eyes read it and I can't put together, okay, this A to B to C, the data logic train. If I can't put it together, then I'm like, okay, so I need you to describe what your face looks like here. Or if it's somebody coming into a room, somebody walking, I'm like, I need you to do it. Yes. Walk in this room and show me how you're going to react. And you'll do it and you'll make a face. I'm like, okay, that face, I didn't know if he was angry or scared or whatever. So whatever whatever his facial expressions are going to be, whatever his body language says, we need to to write that out. We need to get that here because I don't see it. Right.
2: And it helps to make things a lot more immersive when I can take a step back from my perspective and take a look at yours. Listening to you explain that I don't see this in the way that you see it can you break it down further for me? It makes, it, it makes the story so much more immersive, but that's kind of like one application of this technique here. The technique is stepping back out of your perspective and realizing other people have different perspectives and finding the value in the perspectives of other people and being willing to flex and change your own perspectives so that you can accomplish some great thing that you're trying to accomplish whether it's candles or accounting or writing a book or anything, baking bread, I don't know, anything. It's all the same thing, your perspective, the things that are in your way, the, the views of other people. You might think one thing about how this should go and someone else comes along and says, what if you do it this way? This is how I think. You gotta be able to, to adjust to those sorts of things. I wouldn't be able to write the books that I write if I wasn't able to adjust my perspective and say, okay, here's a person who doesn't see things the way I see them. How can I make them see it, see it from my perspective using their perspective and how they see things? And it's really fun. It's really interesting. And it, it's just, it's, it's wild to me how different people, people's brains are. They're all the same pink, mushy organ, but they, they all work so different. It's crazy to me.
1: It's absolutely wild. And it's so much fun when we start getting into conversations about, you know, things that you can see and I can't see. Um, I I find so many instances where that's the case. And I just, it never ceases to amaze me how creative your brain is and how it operates. I mean, you literally created a universe in these books, right? So you've, you, you sent somebody through hell and then through purgatory you're sending them through heaven right now you're meeting the creator and you did that inside of your brain
2: yeah as i went yeah
1: you just you just just invented a whole world like
2: it's it's the rules the important part is the rules that there have to be consistent rules in your world that's what builds a world like we have physics and things like that they've got to have rules too uh and that's important But i don't know should we are we gonna get into the books or is that like for another episode?
1: I don't know. I mean, if we have some time, maybe we can talk about those <laughs> okay. books today. Um, but yeah, so we you know what I'm thinking, I can't stop thinking about when we got so my mom bought us a 12-foot skeleton this year. We yes. have the Home Depot skeleton, and we love him. Um, and he's still up. We refuse to take him down, we just haven't had the time to put some um, costumes on him. But he's 12 foot tall. Yes, and in your books,
2: I'm terrible terrible
1: with estimating
2: sizes and times I don't know how long was that I don't know like 20 minutes bro it was five minutes (laughs) I'm terrible at it but I in the book the angels are all like eight nine ten some of them up to 12 feet tall and I had no idea how tall 12 feet tall was (laughs) until we got this skeleton and I stood next to it and was just like
1: you can walk under his butt
2: oh crap (laughs) I might need to rewrite some of this stuff because the interactions won't make sense if dude is twice the height of the protagonist it just it i didn't really put all that together and how high he would have to look up to make eye contact and just i didn't but
1: for all of your ability to visualize you're terrible in these estimations and so you were like no concept of it's 12 you're six foot tall like it's two of you you had no concept of that i've never
2: seen that before (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen two people standing on each other like this in person like no you've been introduced to a person standing on another person's shoulders like hello how are you no (laughs) what are you doing here
1: no that's never happened
2: yeah it's happened to the protagonist I just (laughs) it's never happened to me so it's very difficult for me to figure it out
1: awesome um, so we we have a lot of fun when we're uh, editing your stories and working um, on you know all sorts of different um, different uh, methods like when when we're talking about the business and you're saying I want this to happen um, my brain kind of does a logic flow of what, what, how do we get from point A to point B? What is our, um, what is our process? What,
2: right. what are our internal procedures going to be? And my brain envisions being there, finally having achieved it with no thought as to how we got there. And that's when I'm like, hey, Jessica, <laughs> so this is what I envisioned. How do we get there with your logic brain? <laughs> and it works. Like it we are the one two punch for that reason, uh, when it comes to that. But it does like it it, it our visions are different. I, I don't see the path to this vision. I just see the vision and I'm like, that's what I want one day.
1: And I'm like, we're gonna get there by A B C through Z here. And uh right now we're working on all those steps. We're getting yeah, getting some growth for you, You're having a beautiful Q4.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really nice. Uh it's doing really well and it's it's meeting the vision that I have for it. It'd be really nice to meet the further visions that I have. Uh cuz I'm starting I'm it's just really difficult for me. It gets really overwhelming because the vision I have, I get all the steps at once. It's just like in order to be there, you have to have done this and this and this and this and this. And in you come in and say no let's do one thing at a time and get that done where as I'm seeing it all at once as if I've already been there and I'm looking back at what I did to make it happen and it's difficult to parse what to do you know when you're trying to look backwards and do it backwards well you got it forward so I just ask you <laughs> Well,
1: so everybody needs to get themselves a Jessica Jones. In everybody their needs
2: a Jessica Jones in their corner.
1: That's, that's what I'm hearing from you here. So, yeah.
2: And uh, you hear it from lots of people, actually, <laughs> not just me.
1: So, um, we, we've done a lot of, uh, talking about your, uh, books all my, all my creative ventures. Yes. All your creative ventures on my, my creative brain over here. You are you're the, the mad scientist, creative brain, and I am management and, uh, I management your operations
2: yes, as we all the brain say. and the hands. <laughs> like I just do the thing and you're like, I've come up with a thing for the hands to do. And so I'm you, like, you, I'm the hand of the queen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a Game of Thrones reference for anybody who happens to not know that.
2: Not auto high tower. No. <laughs> no, gross. Anyway.
1: anyway uh so we'll be back in just uh just a second we're going to continue our perspective conversations charlie and uh maybe we'll get to learn a little bit more about your books today we've got a little extra time so
2: awesome yeah
1: maybe you can break down uh break down your books so uh thanks so much for sticking with us and we'll see you in a sec
0: Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to be your small business superhero. Whether you need ongoing services like bookkeeping or payroll, one-time services like implementing an accounting software or one-on-one training, or an on-call CFO to answer your larger questions, Jessica Jones Accounting Services is here to help. Stop costing your business more money by trying to do absolutely everything yourself. We pride ourselves on giving you big business level service while still giving that small business attention. You're the expert in your field and you didn't start your business to watch numbers move, but we did. Come check us out at jessicajonesaccounting.com to see what we can do for your business. Have you ever wished you had someone who had all the answers in your back pocket? The Superhero Initiative was created as a launch pad for small and micro businesses to reach the next level in their potential. We are here to help you start out on the right foot and rescue you from future headaches. If you've been in business less than three years or are currently generating less than $100,000 of annual revenue, we encourage you to apply for the Superhero Initiative. Recipients will get eight hours of donated time to supercharge your back office from bookkeeping cleanup to implementing and training on software and other accounting and management needs. Visit JessicaJonesAccounting.com to apply today. You are listening to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope Jessica and her guests are giving you the spark you have been looking for. Now back to the show with Jessica. Welcome back to Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones.
1: Today, we're still talking with uh, Charlie Langford, my fiance. We're talking about... um, all of your creative interests today, really. We talked about perspective. We talked about your candle company and changing focus. And we talked about your other, fo- one of your other focuses. I have lots of focuses. You have lots of focuses. Mm-hmm. Um, the, ugh, no, don't like that word. Um, don't <laughs> ever say that again. Um, <laughs> we're talking about um, the Divine Saga, which is uh, your book series. Yeah. So you started writing these books before you and I got together. Yes. Um, how, how did you come up with the idea? So the first book is what? Tell us what it is and how you came up with it, when it started for you, all of that.
2: So I came up. Okay, it started when I read Dante Alighieri's Divine Comedy. Uh, Inferno just caught me. It was so grotesque that it just it stayed in my brain. And I was like, that's really cool. What if there was a modern version? What if like hell was updated? over time. And the norms of our world, you know, became kind of adopted down there. They're like, ah, now being gay, isn't a problem anymore. We we're cool with that now. Like we don't punish people for that down here anymore. What happens if they do that sort of thing? And I I just kept thinking about it. So a protagonist eventually formed in my head, the guy who's got to go down and find all of this stuff out. Uh, At first he was supposed to be a person who can control people's emotions. And through doing that ended up being sent on a, Journey through hell, but that didn't work out. As changed your focus. Changed my focus and my perspective on things, and instead decided to stick more closely to the source material and have him be a journalist. Dante was a poet, and uh, I give a lot of homage to Dante in my books. I, the bar that they meet at at the bottom of the hill, which is where the beginning of uh, Inferno starts, the bottom of the hill, and. I just kept going from there. I started the book, the story in maybe 2011, thought it out for years. Um, Didn't really do anything about it until maybe 2014. Uh, And then I sat down and realized there are no qualifications for being an author. You don't have to get somebody's approval or their permission to sit down and write a book. You just sit down and write it and then you pump it out to the world and hope they like it. And so I just sat down and treated it like the coolest college paper I had to write and just kept going. 220 something pages later, there is a first book. Now I've got, what do I do from here? I gotta write a second book because of the way the, end, the ending of the first book went. So I go into the second book and it's purgatory this time, just like Dante. And then I decide I'm gonna follow Dante's footsteps with an extra added bonus of Armageddon at the end. So how do I get to that point? It actually was supposed to end in the third book on a bad note and then just be over. But so you decided against cruelty, against cruelty to my readers and to my characters um, to just shift my focus again and add a fourth book, you know, add add an Armageddon. What what happens if instead of it just being over and done with, there is a big, huge clash at the end where maybe it's not, maybe it is who knows we'll see how it goes in the in the fourth book whether it's good news or bad news but but yeah that's the overarching train of how it happened i'm still working on the third book i'm almost done with it um i thought i'd be done by the end of the year i really wanted to be done by the end of the year but candles kind of took over
1: yes well holiday season um, took us by surprise and we've been very very busy selling candles. Um, very excited about the candles and all the other things, fragrances.
2: Fragrances, fragrances. not just candles. Not just
1: candles. No. Um, so yeah. So in the first book, you start introducing all these characters, and then what happened? You have all the all this other source material of um, character development and how these characters became who they are. So you've got extra stories that you want to write because. Everybody says and does the things that they say and do for reasons, and right. what what built that individual character. So even beyond the books you have, you have masses of information about these people you yes. invented.
2: Yes, uh, it, I did a lot of research actually for the first book. Uh, there are parts of the book where, say, Dante in Inferno gets in a gondola with. Karen and crosses the river Acheron. Um, that's in your book. That's in the I book. I remember yours. But I updated it and decided what if all of these notable shipwrecks, huge, massive catastrophes, became the new gondola because there were going to be more and more souls to carry across. Yes. Yeah, well, so we gave shipwrecks. I went and looked up a bunch of shipwrecks and listed shipwrecks based on their their years and based on who like whatever person was going through hell rode whichever ship and it was all year accurate so Nostradamus came across on the white ship which was a a ship that sunk under I think Henry VIII's reign uh there was other ones the Mary Celeste the Lusitania Mm -hmm. was the one that Nate the protagonist in the book now goes across on Uh, so I, I've done research with things like that. I've done research on demon possession and how it affects people and what symptoms come of it. And so I can write a book on Colin's origin story. Colin is the guide through hell and all of the arch fiends and demons that they come across. They're all sourced in in actual lore. There's actual grimoires and books on the temperaments and abilities of each of these demons. And I wrote, them all based on that i have done exhaustive research so it's fun and accurate
1: well i can't test attest to the accuracy i will leave that to you mr history buff over here and, and <clears throat> you love angels and demons and all those things oh, that's so cool um but i can attest that it is fun grotesque for sure oh, yeah. um be ready if you decide to pick up um the divine saga be ready the first book is a ride the Uh, first
2: book is called divine city of woe and it is hell he goes through hell so it's pretty grotesque through the circles of lust and greed and gluttony things like that the the demons take on forms related to those sins and it's not pretty
1: yeah it's a bad time um i mean it's a good time for the reader but it's it's a bad time to i love the
2: way it begs the question where would you go
1: Yes, um, that's something everybody who reads the books comes back to us, and they're like, "It made me really think about things from a different perspective." You like to say it's a modern, more secular retelling yes. of Dante, so it's it's based on the knowledge that you have as a person in 2022. Mm-hmm. What? what's realistic, what's not realistic, what makes sense, what doesn't. Um, And I found that very, very cool. As a person who never really had any interest in history or religion or anything like that, I found that extremely intriguing. Yeah.
2: The original books were highly religious and it was a plea with the current papacy, I want to say to, for favor, you know, but I didn't want that. I'm not a religious person myself. Uh, So I wanted to tell the story as if it it had nothing to do with religion, as if all the religions on the planet were the work of people trying to understand the world around them and not knowing how to explain it. So they come up with a story that becomes religion, but the reality is different than our perspective is our perspective on this thing is not necessarily the reality. And that's what this story is really about that human perspective is limited, and it's nothing like what we think. And it's, I I wanted to play with that. I really loved playing with that idea. And it has been so fruitful when it comes to the creative aspect of things. So many cool ideas have come off of this one idea that I, I just, it's just, it's the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. (laughs)
1: So we've been talking a lot about these books here today. Um, How do you balance as a person who has a lot of focuses, a lot of priorities, a lot of creative um, outlets that you want to to use Mm -hmm. all the time? You've got you're doing a lot of things. You're writing the books. You're doing the fragrance company. We're trying to grow that. You and I are working on another company. Um, You're in engineering school and we have kids. All of these things are true at the same time. Um, And I think for most of us, we all have a lot of competing priorities Mm -hmm. so how do you how do you give all of those the attention they deserve how do you prioritize um what what do you recommend to somebody who's going through that or trying to figure out how to make it work
2: it's i think of it in terms of like war (laughs) so oh god what so uh it's casualty care triage You know, these things, I am one person Mm -hmm. trying to handle so many different things. Some things just don't get handled. I just, you know what? When was the last time you saw me write?
1: It's been a couple of months. A couple of months. I've taken
2: a break from writing to focus on the other things that are more pressing. You just have to triage it. Is this something that I can give time to right now? If it isn't. It's okay to put it on the back burner, on the back burner. Don't leave it back there. Remember that you put it there. Free up the front burners so that you can get back to that. Right now, during the holiday season, candles are a high priority. You know, engineering schools like the highest because it's income. But um, other than that, it's you knock out school, you get to the restocking of things for your business. And if there's any other time after that, decide whether you wanna take that thing off the burner in the back and reheat it again, or you just leave it there and carry on with something else. I just, I have to constantly be every day. It's not one thing, not two things, what's next? And it's just that. It's very difficult. It's sometimes very difficult because you wanna take it all at once. You wanna be able to do it all at once, but it's really just knowing your limitations. What can I do? What can't I do? What do I have energy for? What don't I have energy for? Taking that inventory, triaging those patients and adjusting as you need to. It's okay if you don't get it all done in one day. Empires aren't built in a day. They just, they take time and you've got to prioritize them however it works best for you. For me, it's, keeping certain things as priorities sometimes putting things completely off for a couple of months and then coming back with fresh eyes and a completely fresh resolve for it Excellent
1: that is exactly right and if you um, at the end of the day you know you're trying to knock all these things out you you go back to what we were saying last month about burnout if you can't do it you're going to burn yourself out if you try so recognize do the triage take that emotional inventory. And if you're finding you're teetering on burnout or have already crossed over that line into burnout, you definitely need to pull something off the fire, put it on the back burner, make sure that you are taking care of yourself so that you can keep moving forward, keep growing, keep improving. Because if you burn yourself out, you're no good to anybody. You're no good to your business. You're no good to your future.
2: I had that happen actually just just this past couple of weeks um, on top of being a little sick. as was a little in the oh, weather. Oh gosh, right? yeah. The, the um, weather
1: change really ruined it.
2: yeah. Uh, but I felt myself being burnt out on the business, on the candles for a second. I I had so much going on for school. And like I said, that's top priority for Mm me. I had so much going on for school that I I felt the need to get it done. But the business was also pushing for number one spot for priorities. The things we needed to do for the business became a huge deal, but I needed to get, My classwork done. Mm -hmm. And I felt as if trying to meet both obligations at the same time was going to burn me out, Mm -hmm. that I was going to be irritable and angry about everything and everybody. So instead of doing that, I put the candles on the back burner. I actually had to call and cancel a couple of markets and say, but we're not in it right now. We're just not. I don't have the energy because for one, I'm sick for two I have schoolwork I have to focus on. It's not, it's not urgent right now. It's important, but it's not urgent.
1: That's right. And that's a very good lesson. And there were things that um, while we couldn't go to markets, we had to put that on the back burner. Um, you know, you talked about getting help and picking up the slack when you were working on school. I was making batches of candles that's for true. you. I can follow your instructions and and follow the systems we built so that we can continue on and, you know, pick up that slack for you and make sure because we're we're a team at mm-hmm. the end of the day. It is your business, but you know, your success and my success are deeply intertwined. Yes. So it's important to me for you to succeed. So you know, asking for help or offering up the help when you can give it is is something I encourage everybody to
2: do because, you know, we're
1: the people who are in your corner are really in your corner. You're not a burden on them.
2: Right. And it keeps them in your corner when you treat them like they belong there. That's right. So, yeah, it helps. I mean, I've helped you with your businesses when your business needed a little bit of help when there wasn't anybody lining up to help, help, help with your books. Yeah.
1: Specifically after the hurricane last year. I was
2: like, let me learn this and help you out because you look like you need help, and your business is important to me because it's important to you.
1: And I appreciate that. And as I know you appreciate my assistance. Well, thank you, babe, for uh, joining me today. I am so happy to have you uh, here. Next month, I believe we'll have a different guest. Maybe you'll maybe you'll make a surprise appearance, but we're going to be uh, talking to um, some fellow business owners about um, Q4 in your business. Um, and so go ahead and, and as, as we're coming up on um, the holidays, start thinking about what Q4 looks like for your business. But in the meantime, everybody should go check out Charlie's Waxwork and the Divine Saga. Why don't you uh, tell us real quick where they can find you for those
2: things? You can find the candles and fragrances at charlieswaxworks.com or you can go on Amazon for the books and look up Divine City of Woe or Divine Tower of Expurgation. Big old word, but, or the Divine Saga. I'm pretty sure you could find those on amazon as well
1: excellent that. and make sure you uh find charlie's waxworks and the divine Sago on social media instagram specifically so you can see what we got going on new fragrances coming out and uh where we'll be if you're in the new orleans area if you uh happen to show up at a new orleans market come and say hi to both of us jessica jones and charlie langford will both be out there so it was a pleasure uh chatting with you today and uh everybody enjoy your thanksgiving we'll talk to you
0: soon bye Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Get Powered Up with Jessica Jones. We hope you've gained something valuable today. If you did, wait till you hear what we're talking about next. Until then, get out there and forge your own unique empire. Travel your own path. And most importantly, be your own superhero.